Higher interest rates for longer. That's been the mantra of central banks across the world as they've battled soaring inflation. But the recent decision by monetary policymakers in the United States to keep rates unchanged has sparked hope of an end to a bruising interest rate hike cycle. So is the end near and what does this mean for Reserve Bank Governor Lesetja Hanyajo and his team of policymakers as well as his emerging market counterparts? Hello, I'm Jeremy Maggs. This is No Ordinary Wednesday. It's our in-depth look at what's driving markets, shaping the economy, changing the game. It's been the most aggressive tightening cycle in decades, with the Federal Open Market Committee, the United States' rates-setting group, hiking rates 11 consecutive times over the past two years. The ripple effect has been felt across the globe and in financial markets. Now, with U.S. rates holding steady within the target range of 5.25% to 5.5%, I'm joined by Investec Chief Economist Annabelle Bishop, who's going to give us in-depth analysis on what this means for financial markets, for investors and the rest of the world. Annabelle, as always, good to have you with us on No Ordinary Wednesday. Let's start with the Fed's decision to keep rates unchanged for the second time in a row. What are the driving factors here? Yes. Hi, Jeremy. I think that's, you know, really, really important. It actually has created a bit of a sea change in markets. You know, you've seen global financial market sentiment turn more risk on, will actually, you know, risk on from actually being risk off for a while. And of course, you know, that's had a positive impact on the RAND. We've actually seen the RAND move down almost to 18.15 to the US dollar. And that starts to awaken thoughts, will it pierce the 18 level? and go to into the 17 to US dollar range. And we think it will next year. But um, returning to the FOMC, that certainly obviously had a positive impact on other aspects of financial markets as well. We've even seen a bit of a lift in commodity prices recently. Look, I think, you know, we have seen that there has been some data coming out, bearing in mind that the Fed obviously will see the data produces before it's published to the markets. That's indicated that the tightness of credit conditions, of you know financial market conditions, has really had some impact on borrowings, on consumers. And um, there's something called a sluice report. It's a, it's a survey of banking conditions, um, you know, for, and w- what the impact is on borrowers really. And that's shown a tightening in um, lending. And of course, all of that points to the fact that higher interest rates in the U.S. interest rate cycle, and of course, even over the third quarter, have done their work. You know, they've had a suppressing effect on consumer demand. In turn, obviously, that is expected to continue to have a suppressing effect on inflation. So in other words, an interest rate change doesn't just have an immediate short-term effect. Any change in interest rates can actually last from two to three quarters out to, you know, around a year or a bit more. And that really means that the Fed can afford to pause and can afford to wait and see the, what the impact of its interest rate hike cycle is going to be and doesn't need to drive the economy into a recession in the US, as some have feared. But instead, it actually increases the chance of a soft landing. So a lots of deep breathing I'm hearing, a little room to manoeuvre. The Fed, as you've said, seems to have dialed back on a hard stance. How then are the markets reading it in terms of sentiment? It's a less hawkish tone. Uh, is there a sense of relief here? 
Definitely. And I've actually seen some commentators in the US even talk about the dovishness of the Fed. And I think it's almost an emotional reaction to the fact that the Fed has just been so hawkish. Look, we've had a couple of governors um, from, you know, the other federal states in the US, all of them obviously together with their federal banks making up the FOMC committee in the United States, indicating that, you know, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves from a market exuberance point of view, that inflation is not yet completely tamed. You know, a few warnings coming out. I don't think it's deterred financial markets. I think there's certainly a sense that, you know, things could improve from here on out. And it's actually quickened the interest rate cut trajectory that's being projected by financial markets for next year. The expectations, or if you will, the implied Fed funds future rate, that's really saying that US interest rates could happen quicker than was previously anticipated next year, instead of, you know, being in the second half of the year, uh, coming through in the second quarter. And, you know, for South Africa, that's a positive as well. We do continue to think, though, that our South African Reserve Bank, with our very cautious governor, will wait until the Fed actually cuts first before we see any interest rate cuts here in South Africa. And, of course, as well, there is also the impact on um, economies, certainly, yes, but particularly inflation as well. You know, inflation is not yet back at the 2% mark for the Fed, or for South Africa, it's 45 half percent mark and we feel that our South African Reserve Bank governor will want to see inflation at four and a half percent and certainly for you know a considerable period before they rush to cut interest rates. So Annabel, we've got this uh, pause situation at the moment, people taking stock, but also important to re-amplify that the Fed has been very careful not to close the door on possible increases. Yes, and you know th- that's always key because not only does it provide a bit of cap to what's sometimes known as irrational market exuberance when markets perhaps run ahead of themselves and start to factor in rate cuts when obviously they haven't happened or there's no definite proof that they are going to happen in the immediate future. So there is certainly that room for caution that you know is often put out, but also of course as well the fact that really you know we we, we have come from a high inflationary period. There's been volatility in commodity prices. There's been obviously volatility. In financial markets as well. But the key point really is that when you obviously have a look at commodity prices, there's also base effects. And, you know, having a look recently at the commodity prices, the metals, minerals and industrial commodities actually saw quite a big jump up on a year-on-year basis. Their prices increased quite substantially over the months of September and October. And that was very much due to base effects. You know, the fact that the um, readings were low a year ago for the prices. Now, what that does is that can push up inflation on a year-on-year base of perspective as well. So you can see how these little anomalies, if you will, are still in the system, are still here to trip us up and haven't actually been worked out yet. Luckily, in the next few months, as we move you know, through November, particularly December, January, February next year, the base effects reverse. They'll have some suppressing effect on inflation. So we're not completely out of the woods yet, but we do think that next year we're going to see inflation average around 4.5% for South Africa and certainly you know, make good tracks in getting towards that 2% mark that the Fed is obviously after, bearing in mind that in the United States, instead, their implicit target is the PCE core deflator and not their CPI inflation rate, so a different measure of inflation. So bringing it back to the global picture, Annabel, if we can, and the impact, governments are still struggling to service debt. Business has also felt the impact and for some time to come. That's exactly right. And we believe it's the reason why we won't see any more hikes in the United States. In terms of its interest rate cycle, we think that the interest rate cut cycle will be upon us next year, possibly even earlier than you know some may anticipate. But again, 
Reserve banks have been burnt. <laughs> Central banks have been burnt over the last few years. Inflation just stayed high for longer. And of course, that then brought out that narrative saying interest rates need to stay high for longer to try and curb it and bring it down. I think, Jeremy, it's going to remain an inflation story. It's really going to remain a situation where central banks want to see inflation anchored back at their targets where they would like it to be. And that means not just hitting the target, but obviously staying there. But also, of course, as well, inflation expectations need to be re-anchored as well. And all of those factors are key. Looking forwards for the global economy, we think that next year we're probably, unfortunately, going to see higher oil prices. I was looking at the International Energy Agency from the United States, looking at the Brent crude oil price being closer to $95 a barrel from its forecast of $84 a barrel this year. And of course, that really means some upward pressure still, you know, coming through from the energy component given that obviously your West Texas intermediate crude oil prices do tend to move very closely with that of Brent. So again, we are not out of the woods. We think there's definitely scope for a soft landing in the United States from an economy perspective. We think inflation will continue to moderate down. We think that we've ended the US interest rate hike cycle. And of course, that will have a moderating effect on the international um, interest rate hike cycle as well. All of those factors are positive, but it's too early to say, you know, we've tamed the inflation beast. We're definitely going to quickly go into to a cut cycle and all the worries that we've been through are over yet. So still a few more months uh, before we actually get into better times in 2024. And fair to say then that central banks in all major economies over the next few months then will adopt that same sentiment. They will remain cautious and wary. I think so. You know, I've already seen that communication that you've just mentioned come out from the ECB. And of course, that's the um, you know Eurozone Central Bank. That really covers you know most of Europe and of course in the UK even as well. So we, we are really anticipating seeing that we have seen an end to the international interest rate hike cycle. But we just need to bear in mind that if shocks come through in the system, there are still risks. We haven't seen an end to the Israeli-Hamas war. We don't think that's going to be something that happens quickly. Of course, as well, the um, Russia-Ukraine war is also continuing as well. So all of these factors haven't gone away. Interestingly, today, um, Jeremy, I looked at the Panama Canal, which is actually seeing huge trouble in terms of, you know, it's, it's obviously a transit route, and that's seeing huge trouble in terms of water traffic because of the mega drought that's happening you know, in the area. So these are also factors coming through from climate change are also starting to have some impact on the economy as well. And that's something that our central bank also points to as well. This El Nino, which is obviously, as you know, uh, below average rainfall, that could have some disturbing effect on food prices next year. For South Africa, you know, the food price component is a very large component of CPI inflation. So we would say there are still risks in the system to our um, positive outlook that we have. And we need to just bear those in mind. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. I would like to remind you to have a listen to one of Investec's new podcasts, Macro Monday. Tune in on Monday mornings for a 10-minute market wrap by Chris Holdsworth, Investec Wealth and Investments Chief Investment Strategist. To ensure that you don't miss it, follow Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. So let's return now to the conversation. Annabelle, in recent months, we've seen Treasury yields soar to record levels. That's an indication of declining investor confidence. Bond investors have been unsettled, particularly in the longer duration fixed income market. But strong indications that the end is near for tight monetary policy. So could we see a different stance, perhaps uh, an increased appetite for risk? What's your view? You know, um, I've been looking at those U.S. Treasury yields. They were above 5%. And as you know, they've come back 
below 5%. And I think that obviously has been the key reason why we saw South African bond yields improve as well. You know, it's irrespective of what happened in the medium-term budget policy statement, South Africa's little mini-budget that we saw last week. It was a poor budget. It didn't have much surprise. And in fact, there was a big deterioration in borrowings, which would normally see higher yield because debt supply is going to increase. And of course, as well, you know, there wasn't much cutback in terms of expenditure or increase in planned revenue to counteract that. So instead, we believe that the improvement in bond yields in South Africa and the RAND strength have actually been due to the improvement in bond yields in the United States, the likely end to US interest rate hike cycle, the positive momentum that's been created from the fact that we probably have now seen this this tightening in credit conditions um, easing. And in fact, that's actually um, one thing that that uh, report I mentioned earlier, that survey, that SLU survey did did highlight. So we think that we probably are now going to see increased risk taking. We've already seen the RAND strengthen quite a bit. And that was mostly due to weakness in the US dollar as a consequence of some withdrawal of safe haven investments. But also, of course, as well, you would expect to see emerging market portfolio assets start to pick up. And those, of course, are your equities and your bonds in terms of attractiveness for foreign investors. So we we agree. We think there will be some increased risk taking. I think as well that the, let's rather say, you know, the the fact that the the bond yields rose so much in the United States, um, you know, is reflective of the tightness in financial market conditions. And of course, as well, that in itself was probably a reason why the Fed also looked not to hike interest rates at its last meeting and probably why it'll keep interest rates on hold. So yes, I think, you know, that the 2024 year will see improved risk taking, which in turn underpins our forecast. It's, it's, it's one of the key reasons for our forecast on the rand going below 18 rand to the dollar and, you know, running in the 17 rand to the dollar range really over the year. There is obviously scope for rand strength as a consequence, both of US dollar weakness and some increased risk taking. But also, of course, as well, we think that we will eventually start to move into more appetite for commodity prices. And that also does tend to benefit the domestic currency. Annabelle, let's uh, finish with this then. Um, If I'm not mistaken, the Monetary Policy Committee, the South African Reserve Bank Committee, meets later this month. It's almost certain that they will keep rates unchanged. What is likely then to influence that decision or any other decision it might make? Yes, so our Reserve Bank is characterized by hawkishness. It would be highly unlikely for them to cut interest rates, you know, in the remainder of this year or, you know, the the early part of next year. They really are very worried always about inflation and particularly the anchoring of inflation expectations. I think you're quite right that interest rates will be left on hold. Perhaps there might be a couple of people thinking that we might need a hike, but that's likely to be the outcome, a flat interest rate um, view. Looking forward, we expect that the South African Reserve Bank will indicate that there are a lot of risks to the inflation outlook still, that we haven't come back to an inflation rate of the you know 4.5%, the midpoint of the target. That'll probably be one of its key communications as well. Look, certainly there'll be positivity around the fact that we've seen some RAND strength recently. There'll be worries still on the oil price and on food prices for, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. But I think overall, our Reserve Bank is also going to play a wait and see game. They also want to see how the interest rate hikes that they have done so far translate through into the inflation environment in the remainder of this year, but particularly over next year. What's key is that when targeting inflation, South Africa's Reserve Bank targets it out to a six to 18 month period in particular, which means that they really are looking at inflation now almost 
almost for the second and third quarters of next year as being, you know, key periods where they, they can actually make a difference in terms of changing interest rates now. And as we feel that inflation will be closer to 4.5% in that period, uh, the middle two quarters of next year, there's little need for them to change the interest rate stance at the moment. So we're quite happy with a flat outlook, both for this year and into next year. We think that the Reserve Bank may look to cut in the second quarter of next year or possibly the third, definitely after the Fed does so. But again, let's bear in mind that there could still be shocks that come through to the system. We live in a volatile world and, of course, the effects of climate change are exacerbating and that of course as well does tend to feed through quite quickly into inflation and food prices. So overall we, we maintain a, a very positive outlook for 2024, obviously faster economic growth in South Africa as well. We think we could move to the one and a half percent mark and of course you know we've had a positive communication coming out recently in terms of looking to end load shedding although we are still waiting for better resolution to um, the plans around the crisis at Transnet. So you know we have made some traction this year. I don't think we should undercut ourselves on the electricity front. And of course, you know, once we get through the disruptive period of the election, um, possibly around the second quarter of next year, hopefully we'll start to make more traction in terms of repairing many of the fundamental problems that South Africa has in its productivity. Really, you know, just the productive factors like electricity supply, uh, freight capacity, all of those. So we can be better positioned to take advantage of a lift in the global economic activity. Annabel Bishop, Investec Chief Economist. It's always good to have you on No Ordinary Wednesday. Thank you so much. And that's where we are going to leave it. Annabel Bishop, thank you very much indeed. A new episode of No Ordinary Wednesday drops every fortnight. To ensure that you don't miss a show, follow Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the channel, please take a moment to rate it. Until next time, goodbye from me, Jeremy Maggs, and the entire Focus Radio team. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Limited and subsidiaries, authorized financial service providers, registered credit providers, and long-term insurer.